Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, fantasy football fanatics? It is Jordan Reigns at 50 Shades of Drunk, and we are back with another episode of The Underdogs. It's been a while, but we are back. We are going to be breaking down the early wide receiver rankings for 2022, looking more mostly towards best ball, but we may venture into a dynasty conversation or two. But uh, we're going to get this intro going. I'm going to get my man Dave Kluge up here, and we're going to get rocking for you. What is up? I'm back and I'm joined with my man, Dave Kluge. How you doing, Dave? Doing good, man. That intro song, I heard that recently. I, I don't know where I heard that. That's a, that's a good one, though. I like it. You know, royalty-free music, it gets passed around <laughs> every now and then. You know, maybe we inspired someone, maybe we didn't. We'll never know because they'll never tell us. But uh, we're back Long again. Time no talk, though, man. Excited to get back on this show. It took a few months off and and, and we're back. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you guys are joining us for the first time, this is the Underdogs. This is my myself and Dave Kluge. We host a show. It's uh, focused around dynasty or not dynasty, best ball, fantasy football. Um, you know, mostly on the Underdog platform. If you play somewhere else, it will have some crossover as well. Uh, we did some drafts and we did some content in season for Underdog. <clears throat> now we are out of the 2021 fantasy football season. Hopefully, we helped you guys pump your bags, <clears throat> get a little money. Uh, you know, maybe take home some dynasty championships, maybe win some best ball tournaments. If not, guess what? 2022 season starts, well, a couple of weeks ago, but we're here and we've been grinding out our rankings for you, get you guys ready to go. If you want to play on underdog, the best place to play dynasty or best ball fantasy, click the description in the link of the show. You'll see it in the podcast format and on the YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, thumbs up this video, subscribe to the channel. If you are listening to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, leave a review. That would be awesome. 
So, uh, Dave, you know, how have you been? It's been a, like we said, we took you took a little time off from the podcasting world. This show has taken some time off as the the best ball season has kind of shaken out of 2021 and into 2022. What's up with you? You know, not too much. Just uh, doing a lot behind the scenes over at Football Guys. We've been staying busy over there. Um, but really, it, the timing was kind of weird. I didn't plan on taking a break. But, man, I had gone two years straight without as much as like two days off in a row, just working <clears> every <throat> single day weekends nights you name it and then uh after the holidays i got hit with a bad case of covid that just knocked me on my butt for a couple of weeks and i said you know what i after i got better i said I'm, I'm just gonna take some time off i'm gonna enjoy this break nobody cares about you know january news at this point and and now that we're getting close to free agency we got the combine happening this week things are moving again so i am back at it 100 you can find all my content over at dave kluge writing shows short videos all of it yep Go check Dave out on Football Guys, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you're, if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, there are multiple podcasts on our feed. This is the Semi-Pro Fantasy Pro Podcast Network. We have the Offensive Points Podcast. If you guys check them out, if you have not checked them out, go check that show out. We have Terrestrial Takes. That's with Duchesne's and his boys over there. We have the <clears throat> we have the IDP Army Podcast as well, and we have the Dynasty Tailgate. All of these shows are focusing on fantasy football from – I mean, you can call them niches if you want, but it's just different formats of the same game. We're talking about the same players, but we're playing slightly different variations of the same game. So if you want, are looking for something specific for rookies, check out Dynasty Tailgate. If you're looking for something specifically for Dynasty, check out the Offensive Points guys. Now, I will bear in mind, these are not safe for work. We are, you know, grown men. You know, this isn't the ballers. No shade at them. They do a great thing. They have a great product. But we're still in our early 30s, so we still drop our F-bombs occasionally. So we'll try to keep that buttoned up here. But thank you for joining us. Um, Yeah, there's not really a whole lot of news. Like I said, we're talking our top uh, wide receivers for best ball. I'll just start by saying a player that I think is going to be lower than people want to see in my rankings is Devontae Adams. And it's just really tough for me with the, again, the sort of nebulous situation we're in to justify taking him ahead of some guys that have their quarterback secured, their situation secured. So I wanted to go ahead and address that elephant in the room before we get there. Any players that you think you might be higher or lower on that you want to give the people a little bit of a disclaimer on before we jump in? How about a deep, deep dive? I mean, there's some guys that I'm like reaching for in rounds three and four, but uh, one guy that I cannot seem to get enough of, and he burned me so bad last year, but the good thing is now you don't have to draft him in the third round. You can get him in the 15th round, Chris Carson, and I realize that there is a lot to be concerned about. I mean, the man's neck pretty much fell off of his body last year, but all signs are pointing to a successful surgery. Pete Carroll said that if he is healthy, which he expects him to be by the time camp rolls around, he said that he will still be the lead back. Obviously, they want to try to uh, retain Rashad Penny, but there's no guarantees there. So either way, even if Rashad Penny is there, we're probably going to be looking at a 65-35 type split in favor of Chris Carson. If Rashad Penny gets the bag in free agency and becomes a starter somewhere else, then we're looking at Chris Carson like we used to. And Rashad Penny was just always banged up. and The man was putting up low-end running back one numbers. So I understand there is a lot of concern with his injury, but right now getting drafted in the 15th round, I don't think that there is a guy in that range that has more upside than Chris Carson. Yeah, I I love that pick, especially, you know, if you're waiting on running back or you just take an anchor running back and you want to load up on a few guys with upside, you know, maybe you only get three or four games out of Carson if he does play. But 
you know, three or four good Chris Carson games in best ball. I mean, those are probably going to be 18 plus point games. So I like that pick as a late round guy. I know Dave has an article with some undervalued guys on football guys. Go check that out. We'll try and get a video. Maybe next week we'll go over some of our targets that are a little undervalued, but we want to stick with the, the wide receivers. We live in a pass heavy league, the air raid cliff Kingsbury's coming in, Sean McVay spreading them out. We're going crazy up here. Okay. So let's just let's just talk about it. All right. So we're going to start by looking at the underdog ADP. All right. So give me one sec to get that pulled up. All right. So I went ahead and pulled up our underdog ADP. This is from the 2022 uh, best ball. This is their ADP. This is the non superflex. They did just open up a superflex tournament today. But as you can see here via their ADP, their top three receivers are Cooper Cup, Jamar, uh, Chase and Justin Jefferson, followed by Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. And then at six, we have Debo Samuel. So let's just talk about those top six. Um, how do you feel about that lineup? Do you feel like that accurately reflects your rankings, or do you think yours are a little different than the markets based on Man, those top six? I'm a tad lower on uh, Debo Samuel. And, you know, Debo was my boy last year. Don't get me wrong. I had a ton of Debo Samuel. I was hyping him up all offseason. I was getting him in best ball drafts in season. But uh, I, I think that we're going to be looking at a very, very different offense with Trey Lance. So what he did last year was incredible. If you got Debo Samuel, you were probably pretty darn happy about it. But now it's going to be a little bit of a different offense. And then you're also looking at a touchdown rate rate that is almost assured to regress. So it, it pains me to say, because as far as just like, you know, uh, entertainment value, one of my favorite guys to watch, I don't know if there's a guy I like more than Debo Samuel, but I just cannot pull the trigger at that, you know, first, second round turn price tag. That's just a little bit too rich for me. I feel you. I feel you. What about Cooper Cup? You know, he's coming off of the quote unquote best wide receiver season ever. 191 targets, almost 2000 receiving yards, 16 touchdowns. Uh, obviously, the word everyone. I don't know if people are actually throwing regression. it around. Or not. Regression. Is it coming up? I'm not really with it. Is. is it? OK, well, good. It's good to see we're staying consistent. Uh, Cooper Cup, big, <laughs> regress, big regression candidate. Now, that doesn't mean he can't still finish as the number one wide receiver, but it's kind of unlikely. But, but, but what are your thoughts? Do you think he, you know, he has a good chance to repeat number one, or were we playing with fire there? I mean, when does anybody ever really repeat number one? We see this all the time. It's like whoever finishes the wide receiver one the year before gets drafted as the wide receiver one the next year. Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, we see this year over year. And I don't think anybody has repeated as the wide receiver one back-to-back -back since Antonio Brown did it in his Steelers days. So is Cooper Cup going to finish as the overall wide receiver one? Probably not. Should you be drafting anybody ahead of Cooper Cup? No, I think that given what we saw last year, you have to take him as the first wide receiver off the board, but you got to realize that the chances of him finishing as the wide receiver one are pretty slim, just, just based on history. Nice, nice. I, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and pull up my rankings now so that we can look at those versus this ADP. Um, Showing up. And in my rankings, I've got it a little bit oh. different. Say it again. So I just said, oh, I think your your homerism might be showing a little bit there, Jordan. Hey, now, whoa, whoa, whoa. That That is true, but Tyreek Hill's a beast, okay? Like, like let's just look at what Tyreek Hill did last year. It, it was a, a quiet 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns on 159 targets. What that tells me is that he left quite a bit on the table. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes was not a world beater this year. It didn't feel like anyway. 
and the Chiefs offense overall didn't feel like it was hitting on all cylinders. I think that they are a regression candidate, but back to being like a better team overall as far as regressing. I think a world where Tyreek Hill has nine touchdowns, I don't think that world is going to exist again for another year or two. Uh, I think you can lock him in for double-digit touchdowns. We know The big plays weren't there this either for Tyreek Hill. That doesn't mean I don't think the, ty- the big plays can't come. So I'm, I'm still in on Tyreek Hill, only 28 years old. Same, He's actually a year younger than Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can win in similar ways. He isn't used like that. He wasn't targeted as heavily. But, um, you know, we know he's got the talent and the skill. I've got Jamar Chase at two and then Cooper Cup at three. You will notice I do have my rankings tiered. Uh, speaking of which, if you guys want to sign up for the Patreon, the $5 tier Patreon, that's the underdog tier. You can get my tiered IDP or not IDP, my tiered best ball rankings. I got all positions, wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks uh, and tight ends. But I have these all tiered out. And really, I don't have a problem with any of the top five players being your first wide receiver. I can see anybody making a case for Tyreek, Chase, Cup, Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs. Um, all Stephon of them. Diggs. Even, well, Diggs, uh, you know, again, he had a pedestrian, what was it, 1,400 yards? Mm-hmm. I mean, or what was it? Uh, I think it was a little yards. less than that, yeah. Just a quiet 1,200 yards. But, I mean, that's his third – this is fourth season in a row going over 1,000 yards. He had 164 targets, only one fewer, two fewer from the previous season. Um, again, I think we can see him regressing towards a little bit more yardage-wise. I don't think Josh Allen regressed any. Uh, he was still good. I think he just used the players around him a little bit more. Uh, but and I think that's what up. we saw was a was a change in the pie share target, um, or the the target share pie, I should say. And yeah. you know, it more sort of going Gabe Davis's way, and then Dawson Knox was also a huge emergence as well. Where Stephon Diggs was the primary red zone guy two years ago, Dawson Knox really stepped up into that role last year. So I think that's kind of the concern with me. I think that Stephon Diggs stays the safety valve role, but I don't know if he's going to have that insane touchdown upside like he had two years ago. That's fair. That's fair. And and I, you know, there is something to be said about if you're trying to stack or whatever. But the reason I have all these guys in the same tier, just to wrap up this tier, guys, is because of the consistency. Tyreek Hill is going to get thrown to by mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. Jamar Chase is going to get thrown to by Joe Burrow. Cooper Cup is going to be thrown to by Matthew Stafford. Justin Jefferson is going to be thrown to by Kirk Cousins. And Stefan Diggs will be thrown to again this year by Josh Allen. Unless a terrible travesty happens, that's what's going to be the case. I'm locking those guys in as my safest bets and as guys with known upside in the double-digit touchdown category and well past the 1,200-yard mark. Plus, almost all of them I feel are a lock for 130-plus targets, and some of them could push up well past 150. So, And like I said early on, Devontae Adams right outside of that group just because, again, there's that inconsistency factor. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. If Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams – either return to Green Bay, sign with, you know, Denver, whatever it may be. If we've still got that Aaron Rodgers-Adams connection, you're bumping that guy into Tier 1 pretty easily, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And and that's the thing, you know, that's the thing about rankings. Be sure you subscribe to the channel, check back in. We'll probably do another ranking show on wide receivers. We'll do at least one more before the season starts, I promise. There may be two more. And if there are big shifts and big moves and, you know, individual player pieces, we will do that. But, yeah, I'm just fading Devontae Adams at the moment because I can get guys that where I, I know what I'm getting. Um, if you look here at the ADP, it looks like they pretty well agree with me, except for um, they do have Adams ahead of Tyreek Hill. And looks like where do they have? That's it. One, two, three, four, five. 
Yeah, Stefan Diggs is down just a little bit lower. Debo Samuel, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm fading him because I have him in my rankings a little bit lower than here, but he only had 121 targets this last year. Right. Yeah, he did a lot with after the catch, and I, I know I'm not knocking anything on that. He did have 59 attempts. I just have a hard time seeing him get 59 attempts again. Um, 121 targets seems reasonable, but 1,400 yards seems extremely efficient for that. What are your thoughts, it, Debo? You said early on that yeah. you were kind of fading him. Dif- different position, but it kind of reminds me of Aaron Jones, you know, where Aaron Jones was just like consistently a discount. And then eventually he got pushed up into the top half of the first round. And then suddenly he wasn't living up to his ADP anymore. And I feel like that's where we are with Debo. He was a great discount last year. When he was healthy two years ago, he was phenomenal. As a rookie, he had a great season. But now... Getting drafted up there, I feel like he is almost guaranteed to come up short of that ADP. We're going to see fewer touchdowns, and we're probably going to see less targets with Trey Lance under center, too. So it pains me to say. I mean, Debo was arguably my biggest hit last year, and I victory lapped that until I wore my tires bald, but I just can't do it again this season. Uh, shout out to Scott Reiner here. He's at Munder Difflin FF on fantasy. He put together a really nice thread with a lot of good information on the wide receivers. Debo Samuel target share 25%. That's really high. Jimmy G didn't really drop back to pass a lot. Wide receiver target share 44%. Uh, points per game, uh, you know, above average looks like here was 43% in the games. Um, I mean, the, Debo the other, has- the other thing with Debo Samuel too is Early in the season, he was getting used as a receiver. And for whatever reason, I mean, we still don't know what it was with Brandon Ayuk. If it was, you know, maybe he he made a pass at Kyle Shanahan's wife or I don't, I don't know what it was. But for whatever Dude. reason, Brandon Ayuk was in the doghouse. And that's when Debo was the primary receiver. Once Brandon Ayuk ended up back in Kyle Shanahan's good graces, then Brandon Ayuk became the wide receiver one there. And Debo was getting his touches out of the backfield. So there's just so much uncertainty with how he's going to be used next year. You're 100% right. I have gone on some very, not famous, but infamous rants on this channel. Um, Some of my more infamous ones were, I've been off of Kyler Murray for about a year, and I've gotten my ass ripped on this channel in the comments for that. But I love to see people coming around to the fact that he is kind of a little bitch. Sorry, I'm just going to say it. Um, That is what it is. And I'm glad to see people that. Another thing I've come around, I've been on for a long time, is Kyle Shanahan. It doesn't make sense. Debo Samuel could come out next year and be the guy in the doghouse. And it could be Ayuk getting 25% target share. Trey Sermon you know could I mean? be a top five back next year. Or it could be Kittle. You know, right. he he does this thing where he really, he, he, he hones in on players and he uses them like crazy. That's why George Kittle pops up and has these insane games where he gets like 17 targets. And then he'll have games where he gets two. Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan, I don't really understand what it is and it drives me nuts. But if you have his guy, you're good to go. Problem is, there's a whole team of players there, and yep. two or three of them are not going to get the love that one does. And it's figuring out who it is. This year it was Debo. That's, that's why they're nice in best ball. It's you know in redraft exactly. where you have to manage your rosters. It's stressful, and you know there were some weeks where I was contemplating fading or, or benching Debo Samuel just because his usage was so tough to predict. But in best ball, um, this year after being the guy that was touting Debo Samuel ahead of Brandon Ayuk last year against the consensus. This year, I actually really like Brandon Ayuk as a later value because he's going to have his big weeks. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, you know, late round Ayuk guy as well. You'll see my rankings uh, still in tier one, although I really need to make this like tier one B. I've got Adams, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, and D.J. Moore. 
uh, DJ Moore, I have quite a big hi bit higher than the um, than the ADP has him, um, and I'm not ashamed of that. I, you know, I think uh, I think <clears throat> DJ Moore is a little bit under underrated, undervalued again because of the level of consistency that he can bring. I'm gonna pull up another tweet here real quick for us to look at. Um, here's one from Curtis Patrick. He said only three players have posted 1,100 plus receiving yards each of the past three seasons: Stephon Diggs. Tier one, A, wide receiver for me, Travis Kelsey, and then little line and DJ Moore. Again, he's only he's getting six touchdowns a season, and that's what's really killing DJ Moore. But if he can, you know, variance, you know, regression based on his targets, he should probably be getting eight to, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten isn't out of the realm of possibility for a guy that's pretty much a lock for 1,100 yards. Uh, some people will tell me he's a little too high here, but for me, he he is the very end of tier one for me, tier one B. Um, and I'm very bullish, not even 25 years old yet. Probably, you know, we'll get a little pushback there from you, which I'm fine to hear. But what are your thoughts on um, DJ Moore in this kind of this last, the second half of tier one wide receivers I got here? You know, I'm I'm not going to push back as uh, much as you'd think I would. I was, I was kind of staunchly fading DJ Moore last year, but I mean, we saw it early in the season, what this guy can do. I mean, his pace and granted it was a small sample size and it didn't last long, but for whatever reason, Sam Darnold was playing pretty well those first few weeks in the season. And I'm looking right now at his per 17 game average on those first four weeks of the season. He was on pace for 1700 yards and 13 touchdowns. So, I mean, the guy can really, really play well. And I think last year he was hampered by, Sam Darnold regressing to the Sam Darnold that we all know and hate and Cam Newton playing on the very last legs of his career and PJ Walker, you know, coming out of nowhere to, to, to play quarterback. So DJ Moore has had the odds stacked against him and still continues to produce. So he's a guy that I wasn't really too on last year, but now with uh, a, a value slightly suppressed from last season, I'm really liking uh, DJ Moore at his current ADP. Nice, nice. Well, that's good to hear. That makes me happy. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking right now, and he's getting drafted behind Deontay Johnson, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, I'm taking DJ Moore ahead of all of those guys easily. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and scroll down here and get us to where that's it. This is my top 15 we're going to round out. I do have Deontay Johnson right behind him, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, DK Metcalf, and Keenan Allen is my wide receiver 15. Um, you know, before we go on further, if I left anybody out, leave a note in the comments on who you think needs to be in my top 15. I'll take a look at that. Uh, I'm definitely interested in the feedback from the fantasy community writ large and anybody else that's out there doing underdog drafts right now. Um, I have a little tag here by Amari Cooper, and I'm going to be updating tags, but I think he's kind of a value right now. Um, you know, it's really his first bad yep. season of his career. Yep. Um, I think and he, he was had, hurt. He was yeah, playing he through was injuries all up. year. He was hurt all year. He still put up on 800 yards. I think that's uh, I mean, I that's a pretty was, good number. Yeah, Pretty low targets this year, only 104. But he's been getting over 1,100 yards um, you know, on 120, 130 targets each of the last two seasons. He is still attached to Dak Prescott at the moment. Dak Prescott is also a massive value. When we go over our quarterback show, you will learn why there. But um, what are your kind of uh, thoughts on this last, uh, these last few guys here at the beginning of tier two? Just, Anybody I, you think's a little too high, and you were throwing a little shade at my dude Mike Evans earlier. I'd love to hear that. But well, you know, I I was just about to say that because I know that you like Mike Evans, and I just saw that you have Amari Cooper one spot ahead of Mike Evans, and that was something that I tweeted out recently, and I caught a lot of flack for it. But um, 
you know, I, I, I just think that Amari Cooper should be ranked ahead of Mike Evans. And that is apparently a very spicy take that other people don't agree with, but I'm glad we're on the same page. Let me just point this out. Mike Evans and Amari Cooper, their per game numbers since 2019. Evans is seeing 7.5 targets per game. Amari Cooper is seeing 7.5 targets per game. Mike Evans is seeing 4.7 receptions per game. Amari Cooper is seeing 5.1 receptions per game. Uh, Evans has a slight edge on the yardage. It's 71 to 64. Uh, 67, but really the only big difference between the two of them has been touchdowns. Mike Evans is a touchdown machine. Amari Cooper is allergic to the end zone. We know that those are sticky. We know that it's very tough to predict. And we also know that Mike Evans is losing Tom Brady this offseason. So you can expect his touchdowns to come down. And you got to imagine that Amari Cooper's are going to go slightly up. Amari Cooper's also a year and a half younger than Mike Evans. So I am all in on that Mike Evans or Amari Cooper ahead of Mike Evans call. I, I really like that one. Yeah, it's tough to do because I do love Mike Evans and he is my guy. But uh, I, you know, I try to be, I mean, I don't want to say I'm a completely objective because I am definitely a homer and I love my guys. But, uh, you know, Cooper just gets more targets and it has been that way the last few seasons. Mike Evans started his career getting some big targets with Winston. He had in 2015, 148. In 2016, 173. But since then, he's only put up, had 136, 138. And in the last three years, he hasn't even broken 120. Um, so that, you know, the, the, like you said, the yards per target and the yards per reception are still very high, uh, and the touchdown equity never really seems to go anywhere. I think it's a little understated though, that Chris Godwin has been a major component of each of the last three seasons. And Mike mm-hmm. Evans has still been able to submit himself as a top 18 wide receiver. Each of the last three seasons has still been able to manage to get 1100 receiving yards, 1000 receiving yards and 1000 receiving yards. And he has managed to stay very fantasy relevant. And he's going to be friendly to whatever quarterback shows up there. Chris Goblin, I don't really know what his situation is. He tore his ACL late in the season. He will be probably right around coming back time when the season comes. But he's going to be fresh off that injury, fresh out of rehab. And he's a free agent, so we don't even know where he's playing. Exactly. So there is something to be said here for a sneaky Mike Evans. I don't even want to call it a bounce back because that feels gross, but... There's a lot, a lot of sneaky upside with Mike Evans because I feel like people have kind of settled into the, well, Mike Evans is a 110 target, 1,000-yard receiver. You just go back, you know, one year before that sentiment rolled in, Mike Evans was a 140 target, 1,500-yard receiver. So he has a big range of outcomes, um, and most of them are just going up, if that makes sense. So. Let, let me throw one by you because I'm looking at the rankings right now and we're getting a little bit lower down the list. But since we talked about Chris Godwin, I see these two guys side by side in ADP right now. Who do you prefer, Chris Godwin or Michael Thomas? Tons of question marks surrounding both of them. Are you taking either of these guys or are you just looking a little bit further down the board at, you know, Pittman, Michael Williams, Marquise Brown and some of those guys? All right. Well, I'm just going to give people if you're watching on the YouTube, you're getting a little peek behind the index here. I have both of them in tier three right now. Michael Thomas or Chris Godwin is my number one player in tier three, as you can see here. And then in that same tier down just a little bit, um, you'll see my man. Where is he? Where is he? I don't see him now. Right there, there he is, Michael Hello. Thomas. Um, I don't really like Michael Thomas, but I'm trying to remain as positive as possible. I've got him sandwiched between Chase Claypool, Rashad Bateman. I've got him in the same tier with guys like Juju, Adam Thielen. He has a lot of upside, but there's a lot of downside with Mike, uh, Michael Thomas, too. At 29 years old, he no longer has Drew Brees. The most – I don't mm, – I'm not even going to get into my Drew Brees hate. Um, Drew Brees made Michael Thomas special. I don't think Michael Thomas is special. So he's a tier three wide receiver for me. I still have Chris Goblin ahead of him. I would still draft Chris Goblin ahead of him, even injured. Like it. 
So there's a little sneak peek for other people into the uh, the rankings. Let's go ahead and we'll go over here back to the um, but to the ADP. Let's see. So we have Chris Godwin's just a little bit further down here. Um, Michael Thomas, yeah, they're back to back actually in ADP. That's interesting. Fifty three and fifty five. That would make them what back of the fourth round, guys. Mm-hmm. That's a little high for me for Michael Thomas. I mean, even in tier three, like let's look here. I've got guys like Gabe Davis in tier three, Darnell Mooney in tier three. Their ADP is well, Gabe Davis isn't too too far off. You know, he's about six. He what is he at? He's at sixty three. He's actually climbing higher than I thought. Adam Thielen. I have Adam Thielen higher than um, higher than Michael Thomas, and he's lower. So that's a good thing about looking at uh, tiers, too. And I really encourage anybody, if you don't do your rankings or look at things through the tiered uh, point of view, um, to start doing that because you can really start identifying values. So Europe, Europe. All right, well, that's uh, top 15 wide receivers uh, for me, for us, to you. Um, you guys should do drafts with us on Underdog. All you got to do is uh, sign up, use the link in the description. Um, you know, we will be back again soon. Dave, any, I don't want to say like, any final thoughts, any other, other, other pieces of fantasy news, maybe non-wide receiver stuff we could talk about before we say bye to the people? No, man, all, all my mind has been on today's combine stuff, and I'm I'm kind of uh mush brained from just reading numbers and, and watching guys sprint around in their in their spandex. So uh no, not too much more to add outside of that. Yeah, I actually I watched I did I turned on my TV literally as Traylon Burks was bending down to run his 40. So I felt oh. very blessed to catch that. He ran, I thought it was, I mean four five five for a guy that's like a monster. I mean, that's I mean it looked DK Metcalf esque. DK Metcalf obviously more explosive, but He also came in like 25 pounds less than people expected. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still like Traylon Burks, and I see a lot of people already making the DeAndre Hopkins comps that DeAndre Hopkins had a terrible combine, but he came in shorter, lighter, and slower than expected. So um, as somebody who is in the midst of a slow dynasty startup draft right now, I just took Traylon Burks in the fourth round, and uh, this, this combine's got me sweating. Uh, well, you know, you can you can still you can sell that, you know, you can sell that fire. Somebody out there in the Debbie community has got them as their wide receiver one. You better believe that. All right. Well, do us a favor. Subscribe to the channel and the podcast if you have not already. Thumbs up this video and do a draft with us. The link is in the description of the podcast and in the description of this video. If you're listening on the podcast feed, check out our other great shows. Terrestrial Takes, the, El- or the IDP Army podcast, Offensive Points. And the Dynasty Tailgate. This is the underdogs from me, Jordan Rain, signing off. Dave Kluge, any final words? Nope. Thanks for having me, Jordan. See you guys next week. All right. Later, underdogs. 